Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Logical Christian Podcast. I'm your Logical Christian, Dan Irwin. If you've joined me before, welcome back. If this is your first time here, welcome. At the Logical Christian Podcast, we look at what's going on in the world of current events, politics, science, and whatever the mainstream media feels is important to tell us, but rather than just accepting their spin and swallowing their narrative, we look at it logically, and we look at it as Christians. Links can be found in the show notes if you want to follow along. So with that, let's go be logical Christians. Hey, Dad, I'm hungry. Well, hi, hungry. I'm Dad. Dad, I'm serious. <laughs> no, you're not serious. You're hungry. Oh, oh, Dad jokes. The best. I know that my kid, like all kids, just love a good Dad joke. But seriously... <laughs> They say that truth is always stranger than fiction. I don't know who they are or why they're talking to us, but here we are, and wow, are they right. On today's episode, you'll be repeatedly asking yourself, seriously? When first we didn't start the fire, it was always burning since the sea was churning. Then we'll get to meet the real material girl, and finally we'll stare deep into the soul of darkness. So, uh, grab your fire extinguisher dive into the shallow end of the vanity pool, and grab your Bible dictionary, because, (laughs) dude, seriously, here we go. Who doesn't love something new? I know this isn't just me, right? The excitement of that brand new thing is just the best. However, because English is a funny language, not haha funny like a clown that acts goofily for a child's birthday, more like funny that English apparently follows no known rules of grammar and syntax, Yeah, because it's that kind of funny, the word new can have so many connotations. For instance, you can get a new car, or you can get a new-to-you car that someone just wanted to get rid of, you know, because it's junk. You could get a new puppy who causes you to get all new stuff as he destroys everything you love and hold dear. You could get a crisp, new $100 bill, or as unlikely as it may be, a newly synthesized and released virus. Or you could be in a profession where, found on theblaze.com headline, this is a new challenge our firefighters haven't faced before. Florida Fire Marshal warns that corrosion in EVs after Hurricane Ian can spark dangerous fires. (laughs) I think we can all agree that that isn't the right kind of new at all. So the gist of this one is pretty simple. Hurricane Ian, clearly because of man-caused weather weirding, tried to destroy all of Florida because Governor DeSantis is mean. Because of that, a number of electric vehicles that were definitely bought to try to save the climate, not just for the status of saying, (laughs) Oh, I own an electric car, much more prestigious than your archaic oil-burning monstrosity. They were left behind because they were virtually useless to even think about attempting to use to get out of the state, at least in less than multiple days, as Hurricane Ian became inevitable. When the ocean swamped over the state, any vehicle left behind became a new water feature. (laughs) Under the sea. As the waters rolled back, uh, the various cars were left behind, and shady used car dealerships thumbed their extra-wide lapels on their checkered 70s sports coat, licked their nicotine-stained lips in anticipation of a boatload, no pun intended, of like-new car sales (laughs) to unsuspecting uh, uninformed vehicle buyers. The problem appears to be, apparently, electricity and water, specifically salt water, eh, they don't mix so good. Yeah, apparently salt water badly corrodes the batteries, and then those batteries, you know, kind of short out and, and you know, zap, and and then they kind of light into not quite, uh, 
the fire that's never been quenched, but pretty darn close to it, apparently. The state fire marshal, Jimmy Patronus, tweeted out, quote, There's a ton of EVs disabled from Ian. As those batteries corrode, fires start. That's a new challenge that our firefighters haven't faced before, at least on this kind of scale. Hashtag Hurricane Ian. He included a video of his men just pouring on the water to a smoldering Tesla. The woman filming is apparently speaking with a fireman who states that they've emptied two tankers at 750 gallons each on the Tesla already, and it's still smoking. I wonder if melting lithium batteries contribute to global warming. Nah, it's not possible. The good thing is, if there's one thing that we know for sure, water super plentiful. I mean, we've just got lakes of it begging for something for it to be poured onto. So we're we're good there. Now, back in 2021, Rivian shared a video of their yet-to-be-released R1T electric truck running to just over the tops of the tires, slowly through a controlled freshwater water trough. Then in March of this year, they showed their R1T fording a River, freshwater, in Mojave, California, also slowly and carefully, with water nearly coming to the top of the tires, but not quite. Now, I have an older Chevy Silverado. I could have forded the river with no problem, and if I had to, I wouldn't be too concerned to drive through the trough. Neither of these are overly impressive, to be honest. Now, sure, I'd have to worry that I'd had a leak or got water in the rear end, the differential, the oil pan or transmission. But if it's not leaking out, it shouldn't be leaking in. So as long as I keep water from going over the top of the engine, in theory, it would be fine. Now, also keep in mind, these were both very short runs, less than a minute each. And like I said, it was fresh water. Fresh water is water. Salt water is corrosive and conductive, both of which are generally bad for any car to be submerged by. In episode 23 of this, the Logical Christian Podcast, entitled In Too Deep, in a segment entitled It Just Ain't Gonna Happen, I mentioned the amount of water it takes per real-life firefighters to put out a typical car fire versus an electric car fire. For a regular real car, with a real engine and real usefulness, they see on average about 500 to 1,000 gallons of water is needed to put out the fire, and it's done in a relatively short amount of time, and it won't reignite. For electric cars, it's close to that, about 20,000 to 40,000 gallons of water, and many, many hours to ensure that it, you know, doesn't light back up. Remember, Lithium can reignite well after it appears the fire's out. According to one site, and you can look this up, but this is probably close, the average person uses maybe 1,500 gallons of water per month. So an electric vehicle fire needs uh, one to two full years of water used by an average human in order to extinguish it. So, you know, uh, (laughs) saving the environment. Flood cars have been a known issue for a long, long time. Carfax estimates that there are 378,000 flood cars on the market right now. No, that was in 2021 after Hurricane Ida. That's not counting the Hurricane Ian cars. Unfortunately, flood cars are notorious for having massive problems, but not necessarily right away. That's the problem. The most common issues are water stains and moistness in areas that are very hard to dry out, sand or dirt in unusual places. (laughs) And I think we can all agree that's never a good thing. Rust, 
musty odors, etc. And all of those are annoying, but the issue that causes the most headaches and costs the most money is the electrical problems. Those problems may or may not show up for months or years. Water getting into the connectors, flooding circuit boards, etc. may not do much initially, but over time, the minerals in the water combined with generally low levels of electrical energy will corrode and destroy the connectors, the wiring looms, and the computers. But even with all of that, the odds of a normal car bursting into flame and burning for the better part of a day, uh, it's, it's zero. It's actually zero. Statistically, it's, it's just not going to happen. It may leave you stranded on the side of the road, but it won't burn your house down. And if the failure, you know, finally happens while it's in your garage, you may head out the next morning and the car is just dead. If the final corrosion happens with an EV, you may be awakened much more rudely to the sound of a blaring smoke alarm saying your garage is burning down. But even if these EVs don't short out and melt the pavement, what are electric vehicles mostly made of and in use of? Electronics, connectors, wiring looms, computers, control modules, etc. All the stuff and in greater quantities than internal combustion vehicles that are severely affected by floodwaters. And a lot of these parts are very low on the car because the sled-style battery is low on the car. Quite often, the solution for a flood car experiencing major problems, aside from crushing it, is to completely strip the car down, replace the entire wiring loom, replace the sensors and the modules, replace the fuse blocks and the computers, then put it all back together. The same process could theoretically be done with an EV, but that would be replacing pretty much the entire car. So look, why am I such a cynic about electric vehicles? Well, I've said it before. EVs have their place. They can be a very good, short commute, very specific purpose vehicle. If they're used in relatively small numbers as compared to real cars, they won't adversely affect the electrical grid. Those that want to pay for them, for whatever reason, are free to do so. My biggest irritation with EVs is the godless worldview that permeates the entire push to go electric. Now look at Elon Musk. Why is he pushing his Tesla so hard? Well, it's the same reason he created SpaceX. He has the worldview that man will destroy this planet and will need somewhere to go. The push from environmentalists, you know, the green groups like Sierra Club and Greenpeace and so on, is because man has evolved to the point that we're the biggest scourge and virus on Mother Earth, so going to all-electric everything is the start of their desired outcome, to shut down fossil fuel drilling, mining, shut down fossil fuel power plants, they're already complaining about the so-called renewable energy production because it's hurting nature. See, their ultimate goal is to first push the nobodies like you and me back to the pioneer days, then to the caveman days, and then correct the error that evolution has created by eliminating man from the earth so that the earth can thrive. I'm not being snarky here. That is the ultimate goal of these green organizations. The push from other various groups is the idea that we're going to run out of fossil fuel, specifically oil, so we must get rid of these cars. Now, most of these people are just clueless as to what we use oil for. To give you a good summary of what we use oil for, think of, um, think of anything. Yeah, we use oil for that today. Uh, oil, or a chemical that's cracked off of the crude oil, is used to make just about any product we have today. If you're using plastic, yeah, you're using oil. And if it's not directly used in the product, well, I hate to break this to you, but equipment uses oil for lubrication. 
Now, we can use plant or animal-based lubricants. These are what food-grade lubricants are made of. But anyone with knowledge of lubricants, of which I am one, will tell you that they just aren't as good of oil and greases. They get the job done, but given the choice, nobody would opt for them, as they're much more expensive to make and much less useful and robust. To the point, though, we're not going to run out of oil. Yep, you heard it here. Mark this down. We're not going to run out of oil. The Christian viewpoint is that this oil is primarily from 1,500 years of unbelievably massive and lush vegetation and massive animals, as well as a large number of humans, all buried under a massive amount of mud, resulting in pressure, heat, and given a little time, poof, oil. Now, some believe that this is a renewable substance that the earth just makes. And I don't know, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it's both of these things. But what we've learned is that there is more oil still under the surface of the planet that we know about than we've used in all of our history. In fact, we have massive amounts of oil just sitting under capped wells. And the reason we haven't tapped everything or that we've capped these wells is because we've got the easy stuff out of these wells. It's going to take some work and creativity to get the rest. But that's what humans do. Uh, and Americans, we're really good at this, or at least we used to be good at being creative. But this worldview that we're going to run out, this is a godless worldview, as for some reason they think that God, if there is a God, is shocked by the fact that we use oil, that he never figured on that, and now we're in a lot of trouble. As for the politicians, power brokers, and overlords around the world, this is about power, control, and money. They believe that they are the gods of this world, that we the people are their servants to command and manipulate as they desire in order to garner more power, more control, and greater wealth. The more they can stand on our necks, and make no mistake, from their perspective, they are very well aware that transitioning everyone to EVs is literally impossible. So this is just a way to contain and control the populations of the world. The more they can isolate, the more they can control. And knowing that the reason the United States became the superpower it is because of energy production, you know, fossil fuels, we also know that the way out of poverty for the third world nations is energy production through abundant fossil fuels. But those that hold the keys don't really care about humans in poverty or otherwise. If some of them need to be eliminated in order to expand their scope of control, eh, so be it. So will they succeed? <laughs> No idea. They might. They definitely will to some degree for some period of time. But what we know is that all of these groups, all focused on their own causes, their own desires, this will eventually all be for naught. Eventually, this earth will be destroyed, but it won't be because of man's doing. And it won't be until God's timing. And until then, this planet will endure. We know this to be true, right? Will we run out of oil before then? Uh, if we do, it'll be self-imposed by our leaders stopping the flow of oil, at least to the common man. I don't know what the short-term future holds, but we all know the end. We may have different views of how that end comes about, but every Christian should know that in the end, God wins. This world is remade perfect, and whether we still use oil or not won't matter. If we do, it'll be infinite. If we don't, we clearly don't need it. Until then, we'll just have to navigate this godless worldview the best we can. Personally, I won't be getting an electric vehicle unless I'm out of options. I believe that God gave us fossil fuels for exactly what we're using them for. I also believe that we have a duty to use them to their full potential for the good of humanity. My hope and prayer is that issues like EV fires, massive battery replacement costs, the destructive mining techniques, and the inadequate electrical grid 
will stop this push in its tracks. But no matter what happens with this EV thing, I can rest soundly knowing that this is exactly what God planned for right now, from before time began, and no other plan of mine could be better. I'm still, however, going to assume the plan is to get rid of this EV thing and expose these godless agendas for what they are. In the movie Office Space, which admittedly has a lot of funny stuff in there, but wow, the language is out of control. Anyway, in this movie, the lead character hates his job, and his girlfriend convinces him to go to an occupational hypnotherapist. So we cut to the group hypnotherapy session already in progress, and Peter, our main character, is saying, quote, Ever since I started working, um, every single day of my life is worse than the day before it. So that means that every single day that you see me, that's on the worst day of my life. The article set firmly in our sights right now mimics this sentiment, as I think you'll find yourself agreeing, as we make our way through every sentence is worse than the sentence before it. And so as we read the next sentence, that's the worst sentence we've ever read. Found on theblaze.com headline, <sighs> Teacher turned OnlyFans model, pregnant with former student's baby, wants to auction off her body for surrogacy to mass-produce pretty babies. Okay, let me just give you a moment to collect your thoughts. Okay, shall we continue? So this is a relatively short article. Let's take this one step at a time, shall we? Uh, here goes nothing. One 33-year-old Ms. Amy Cups of Charlotte, North Carolina, started her adult career as a high school history teacher. The initial timeline is unclear here, but at some point she decided to try her hand at moonlighting as an erotic OnlyFans model. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with OnlyFans, first of all, don't be. But second, it's basically a site where an individual is able to pay another individual money to see what they post. Now, the person being paid can post pretty much anything regarding their lives or whatever. But let's be honest, this is just a pay porn site. I guess the allure is that you can see your favorite celebrity or find some unknown somebody that you'd like to ogle for cash. Sadly, but unsurprisingly, many everyday women have found selling their bodies online to be very lucrative. Now, farther down in the article, for instance, they state that Ms. Cups has reportedly made over $22,000 per month in her new endeavor. I said that the timeline isn't clear at this point. She apparently was married at some point and has two children. She's not married anymore. Can't imagine why not. <laughs> It's a mystery. Uh, so I'm not sure if the divorce or the OnlyFans happened first, but I'd guess it probably doesn't matter as they're likely tied closely together. Now, from the picture in the article, which is basically a mid-stomach and up photo of her, she's good-looking. Now, remember, this is my opinion. Yours may vary. So in my humble opinion, she is somewhat attractive but very fake-looking. And you know that if you could ever just demo all the makeup off of her, you'd have a... A very different story going on there. Not really my cup of tea, if I'm being honest. But at $22,000 a month, apparently many cups of many individuals teas. So to recap, high school history teacher, erotic model on OnlyFans, divorced with two kids. All right, let's soldier on, shall we? She is currently pregnant with baby child number three. Uh, this one coming from a former student. Now, don't worry. Oh, don't worry. It's not what you think. She met him in high school. 
but he's 22 now, so it's all legal. And this past summer, they apparently reconnected at a bar and decided to enter into a loving, monogamous, committed relationship for that evening. And apparently something happened. Nobody really knows how this happens or works, but she apparently has his bun furiously cooking away in her oven. All right. High school history teacher, OnlyFans porn model, divorced two kids, sexy time with former student, child number three on the way. Uh, So this former student just wanted to uh, play out the student-teacher fantasy, it appears, but did not really want to deal with her, or a kid, or anything else. Now, fortunately for him, Ms. Cups informed him of the dirty deed done dirt cheap, and that he didn't have to worry about it. She could raise number three on her own, no problemo. You'll be shocked to hear that the former student that hooked up with his 11-year-older former teacher after meeting at the bar, and I'm guessing drunkenly decided to partake in some consequence-free hibbity-dibbity, was just fine with not having to face up to the consequences of his actions. Teacher, only fans, divorced two kids, drunken, one-night stand with a former student, clump of absolutely alive baby cells, offer accepted to raise a child on her own. We're not done yet. Now, after contemplating the meaning of life, the existential questions that plague every human at some point in their existence, she's decided that philanthropy is more her bag. In what way will she contribute to the betterment of society, you may ask? Well, let me let her words speak for herself. Quote, I think the world would be a better place if people were better looking and had my genes. I will definitely pass down my amazing eyes, hair, strong facial features, high metabolism, and intelligence. Oh, well. She said that she's getting offers from men, married or not, to have their babies, so now she's decided that she needs to make some babies in her quest to make a better-looking world. So the best way to do that is obviously, okay, everybody say it with me here, auctioning off her body to the highest bidder. Okay, sure. Let's pretend you've never arrived at that conclusion. Whatever. So she's apparently done the math carried the one, found the area under the curve and solved for X, and has determined that, uh, quote, I want to carry lots of babies, but no more than 25 in total. That would be my limit. But it would get the ball rolling. So, no more than 25, not all at the same time, of course. (laughs) Now, what is this ball she's getting rolling? Why, it's the make the world a prettier place through her jeans ball. But she's not stupid. Remember, she's intelligent. She told us herself. Yet she says, quote, with medical interference, I could potentially have quadruplets at some point. With, uh, with medical, medical interference. I mean, maybe, but wouldn't medical intervention be more accurate? Uh, Intelligent. She doesn't care about the money. She just wants to make the world a better place, she says. Teacher, only fans, divorced two kids, drunk one-nighter, knocked up, single mom, by not only choice but desire, body auction, 25 babies total, max occupancy of four at a time. We're not done yet. Our young, well, youngish, humanitarian entrepreneur says that she seriously doesn't care about the money that she should or could make since she's raking in the cash from the softcore porn thing, not exactly her words, those are mine, Quote, I just want to make the world a better place. And that's the end. That's all there. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. There's another paragraph. <laughs> Let's take a look, shall we? Quote, the self-described devout Catholic and homewrecker who claims to have sexual relationships exclusively with married men is not particular about the prospective fathers 
who might bid for her surrogacy services. She says, quote here, It doesn't matter if the man is ugly. The baby will be beautiful if I'm its mother, she said. <laughs> okay, let's recap one more time, shall we? A 33-year-old devout Catholic former history teacher, current OnlyFans erotic artiste, divorcee with two kids, uh, one on the way from a one-night drunken stand with a former high school history student that prefers to hook up with married men, ugly or not, who wants up to 25 kids, I'll raise them on my own, thank you very much, with a four-seater sports sedan womb, who believes herself to have amazing eyes and hair, strong facial features, a high metabolism, and intelligence, doing this all to make the world a more beautiful place, just like her. Did I get it all in there? I think I did. No. I could go a lot of places here. I could talk about the arrogance of believing she's the one that can overcome male ugliness with her overwhelming beauty so as to start the rebeautification of the planet. I could rail on the Catholic religion. Her statement that she's devout, at least to me, says she's serious about her beliefs. But what are her beliefs? And I could say that as a single man that has looked on various dating sites, don't judge me. That's what all the kids are saying these days, right? I can tell you that I see a lot of women labeled as Catholic that make me wonder, much like this woman, what exactly are they teaching in these cavernous Catholic church knaveries? I could talk about the fact that she's a self-described homewrecker, looking to tempt married men into committing adultery, breaking the vows they made before God, whether they believe in God or not, as your belief in something has no bearing on if it's real or not. I could talk about the fact that she's selling images of her body to anyone that wants to see her, which is nothing but a soft form of prostitution. I could talk about how she wants to sell her actual physical body to be used by the highest bidder. I could talk about the massive dysfunction that will necessarily result in her attempting to raise up to 25 children as a single mother, whether she's wealthy or not. I could go into any of those. They're all shake-your-head things on their own and jaw-dropping when you bring them all together in this combination, but as much as I want to and, and could go super snarky, I literally feel sad for this woman. <laughs> I want you to just take a moment and realize the absolute brokenness in this woman. She may not even realize it, but she is, as Jesus described the church in Laodicea in the book of Revelation, for you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Second Timothy 3 says, In the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. This woman is an image bearer of God, created in the image of God, and has been deceived, and thus has chosen to make an idol of herself. We don't know what her background is. She may have had the happiest, healthiest childhood ever. She may have endured terrible abuse or anything in between. Maybe it's as simple as her just being a lover of self with no event or history to point to. But what we see here is a microcosm of the deception of Satan, the destructive nature of sin in this world. This woman desperately needs Jesus. She doesn't appear to be trying to find happiness. That doesn't seem to be the problem. In fact, from this small article, she seems to be happy with her life choices. She's goal-oriented and focused. It just appears that she's consciously or not decided that her self-worth is solely made up of her physical self. 
When I see these types of stories, I tend to think, what if, like I do with most everything. This young woman has, what, 40, 50, maybe more years ahead of her? What if she goes through with her plan, and 25 years down the road, her eyes are opened? I mean, the amount of stuff, the sin and otherwise, she'll have to deal with from her past, just the thought of it is overwhelming. This is why she needs prayers for God to regenerate her heart and for someone to reach her with the truth now. But then I think about us. Regardless of if you're saved, young or old, how much sin did we and do we have to deal with in our own lives? We may not have quite this combination, but we each have our own buckets of sin, don't we? Lust, anger, bitterness, frustration, worry, idolatry, disobedience, hate. I mean, need I go on? The shock value of this article is that she is brazenly displaying her sinful life for all to see. What if someone were to write an article about your secret life for all to read? And I say you because I already discounted me. I I have no interest in someone displaying my wretchedness for all to see. So as we read, watch, or hear of stories like this, we are absolutely right to make judgment calls about what we've seen. Um, But let's remember who we are before Christ and our struggles even after being saved— and then let's pray that the eyes of image bearers of God, like, like these, will be opened, and that we will recognize with increasing clarity the sin in our own lives, and for increasing strength to continue the fight against it. Back a thousand years ago, in 1995, The Simpsons dropped Season 7, Episode 4, Bart Sells His Soul. Here's a few clips. How could you tell on me? Well, I don't want hungry birds pecking my soul forever. Soul? Come on, Milhouse. There is no such thing as a soul. It's just something they made up to scare kids, like the Boogeyman or Michael Jackson. But every religion says there's a soul, Bart. Why would they lie? What would they have to gain? Well, if your soul is real, where is it? It's kind of in here. And when you sneeze, that's your soul trying to escape. Saying God bless you crams it back in. And when you die, it squirms out and flies away. Uh Uh-huh. What if you die in a submarine at the bottom of the ocean? Oh, it can swim. It's even got wheels in case you die in the desert and it has to drive to the cemetery. How can someone with glasses that thick be so stupid? Listen, you don't have a soul. I don't have a soul. There's no such thing as a soul. Fine. If you're so sure about that, why don't you sell your soul to me? How much you got? Five bucks? Deal. I wasted five bucks on these. Where'd you get five bucks? I want five bucks. I sold my soul to Millhouse. What? How could you do that? Your soul is the most valuable part of you. You believe in that junk? Well, whether or not the soul is physically real, Bart, it's the symbol of everything fine inside us. Poor gullible Lisa. I'll keep my crabby sponges, thanks. Art, your soul is the only part of you that lasts forever. For five dollars, Millhouse could own you for a zillion years. I would like to say grace. <clears throat> Lord, have mercy on my soul. And Mom's soul. And Dad's soul. And Maggie's soul. And let every soul in Christendom... Bart! I can't take this anymore. I want my soul, and I want it now! If you listen closely and have really sharpened your discernment skills, you may have heard one or two points that were maybe slightly off. I know, I know, very subtle, but the errors were in there. I think, and and don't hold me to this, but I think that the Democrats that are currently in charge of their party may have obtained their knowledge of the soul from this episode. 
Welcome back to our look at the Democrat Party platform. Today on episode five, we'll take a look at what I call the heart, maybe even the soul of their platform. This is their contract with America, their appeal to the emotions of we the people. Today, we're going to look at what they called healing the soul of America. So when you think of healing the soul of America, what would you think this would entail? Now, I think it would be bringing people back together. I mean, we're so divided on every issue. This must be about healing wounds and closing divides, wiping out the wall that's being erected between so-called races, rather emphasizing the fact that we're all one race, the human race, maybe restoring our sense of being an American, what it means to be a citizen of these United States. I would think to restore the soul of America that would require us to get back to constitutional rule, to stop walking away from the document that enabled us to be who we are. Tolerance, that would have to be a part of it, right? We're a melting pot, as they're very fond of saying. We all have different beliefs, but at the end of the day, we're all humans, all Americans. Let's treat each other as such, right? And, and maybe even appeal to faith. Now, no, I'd be silly to think that the Democrats would call the people to God, as George Washington did multiple times throughout his time as a general and a president, as did many other presidents in our short history, but at least an appeal to determine your faith, to follow that faith, to love your fellow man. When thinking of healing the soul of America, are you and I that far off in what we'd think? It makes sense, right? <laughs> Wrong. Wow. You were way off. <laughs> what an idiot. Nope. Turns out the way that we heal the soul of America is to protect civil rights, achieve racial justice and equity, protect women's rights, protect LGBTQ plus rights, protect disability rights. Yeah, that's, that's actually how they phrased it. Honor indigenous tribal nations. No doubt a carve out to placate Elizabeth Warren and her tribe and violence against women, and the epidemic of gun violence, support faith and service. Huh, say I'm somewhat skeptical there. Uh, supporting press freedom and supporting the arts and culture. Now, I know what you're saying. What about climate change? <laughs> uh, don't worry, that's in the next section of their communist uh, their uh, party platform. Apparently it's way too important to not be given its own section, and yet at the same time, one of their core issues has nothing to do with the soul of America. But the other ones I mentioned do. So, who am I to judge their platform, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. One, I'm a Christian and we are called to make judgments yeah, about everything. And two, I'm a logical human. Oh, and also three, I mean... Why else are we both here right now, right? So let's see if we can power through what they believe the soul of America is, and let's try to see how evil and twisted their view is. <laughs> they start by saying, quote, Democrats believe in bringing the American people together, not stoking division and distrust. Now, this was written in 2020. Let me ask you a simple question. In the last two years, is division and distrust amongst Americans better? or worse. Regarding civil rights, their premise is that President Trump promoted racism, anti-Semitism, anti-Muslimism, and white supremacy, to which I challenge, prove it. 
One of the favorite tricks of the left is to take what's said or not said and twist it just enough to change the meaning, make it the latest boogeyman that needs to be done away with. But having looked at many of the claims of white supremacy and racism, for instance, throughout the Trump presidency, I can unequivocally say they're lying. They're just flat out lying. They know it, but they're counting on the ignorance of their voting bloc to just accept what they say. As I've tried to make very clear, there are racists of every color, there are supremacists of every stripe, but by and large, the vast majority of the racism is coming from the left. Now, how many times have we had some sort of racist attack, vandalism, for instance, only to find out it was a member of that ethnicity that perpetrated the act in an attempt to demonize whitey or conservative or Christian-y? The left doesn't care about racism. In fact, throughout their history, they literally are the racists. Southern Democrats fought for slavery. Democrats pushed against civil rights and women's rights, by the way, until Republican Congresses had the veto-proof majority forcing the hand of the Democratic presidents. Republicans, those on the right of the spectrum, are those that broke West Virginia away from Virginia because they did not want to be part of slavery. And those on the right are the vast majority of those that fought against slavery. The left only care about saying they're against it. And they become very good at lying, spinning, and handing out large amounts of money in order to garner votes and power. They say they want to end, quote, discrimination on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, religion, language, gender, age, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability status. Okay, well, after two years, have they done this? Have they done anything here? Is it better or worse? They said they will appoint U.S. Supreme Court justices and federal judges who look like America. Question? What does America look like? Because we know now that apparently America looks like a black woman who can't define what a woman is. Now, I've known a lot of Americans, various colors, both of the two genders. They've all been perfectly capable of identifying boy and girl. So America looks like a person that's so naive, so stupid as to not know what a woman is, which is an insult to blacks, to women, to black women, and to all Americans. America doesn't look like that, and, and look has nothing to do with color or gender. But really, they, they want the next point, to achieve racial justice and equity. That's what they want. They choose their words carefully. They don't want equality. Martin Luther King Jr., for the disaster of an alleged Christian he was, he was very good at fighting for the civil rights of an entire demographic of people that should have never been discriminated against just because of skin color. He wanted equality. He wanted men and women, regardless of color, background, ethnicity, etc., to be given the chance to succeed or fail just like any other American. He wanted all mankind to be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. This is not what the Democrats want. They must have racial discourse. They must have racial tension and divide. They must push the narrative of unfair treatment of the white man's boot on their neck because without that, they have no power. Equity to them is not the chance to succeed or fail like all others. It's to have the same outcome, regardless of what you do or don't do. If you're white and have wealth and a black man exists without wealth, that is not equity. 
It matters not what you did to earn your wealth or what you didn't do or vice versa. All that matters is an equal outcome. This is done so they can push racial discourse. Just look at what they've stolen from you, right? I mean, that, that, that's the argument. Well, I can't remember who said it, but a few years ago, I believe it was a, a politician that made the statement, roughly paraphrased, yes, slavery was a horrible thing. No, if we were able to go back in time and do all of this over again, bringing blacks over on slave ships would not be how we'd want to bring the black man to America. But slavery ended a long time ago. Civil rights was fought for and gained. At this point, a long time ago, regardless of how blacks came to America, look at the massive opportunity that blacks have now. Compare it to the African nations they originated from today. Are the opportunities in America better or worse? Do blacks have at least the opportunity for a life today that's better or worse than if they had stayed over in their countries of origin? This entire section is basically nothing but lies about how much racism and discrimination there is and how they'll fix it. Well, it's not hard to fix something that's not real. And once you have people believing the thing that's not real is real, it's not hard to just keep the mass hypnosis going. They're evil liars that are destroying the lives of the black population and stealing their potential future by telling them that they have no potential future and telling them that they're too stupid and oppressed to be able to think or do for themselves. This is just evil. They say they want to protect women's rights. Let me ask you. Looking at, oh, let's say bathrooms, schools, sports, are women's rights protected more or less? If you're a woman, do you feel safer now or before? They said they want to ensure equal pay. Well, the idea that men are paid more is a flat-out lie. If you look at only the number behind the dollar sign, sure, okay, I'll give you that. But pay goes much farther than that. My boss is a woman. I have no idea what she's paid. I know I'm paid well, and she's paid very, very well. I guarantee it. Does that make it unfair? Uh, no. <laughs> she has responsibility to manage people. And wow, some of the things that she's dealt with. I've, I've heard stories, and yikes. She works probably 50% more hours than I do, if not more, and she's always on call. She's required to deal with our overlords and go on multiple trips across country or overseas, whether she wants to or not. She gets paid more than me because of her job. The concept of unequal pay is a lie. You can watch a video by Don't Walk Run Productions about the alleged pay gap. The link is in the notes. It's very good. I suggest you check it out. They also say that they want to end, quote, sexual assault, domestic abuse, and other violence against women, including the epidemics of violence against Native American women and transgender women of color. So first of all, a transgender woman is literally a mentally deranged and degenerate man. As for the rest, yeah, I mean, that would be nice. I think we can agree that abuse and violence against any woman is bad and wrong. So let me ask you this. Are things better or worse? And of course, Pay isn't the big one. They also want women to have access to, quote, high-quality reproductive health care services. You know, baby-butchering hellholes placed conveniently throughout the country so they can just do away with an unfortunate inconvenience. We don't need to go into this. Abortion is murder. If you think differently, you're wrong and scientifically ignorant. I'm being kind. Murder is evil. If you think differently, well, what would that make you? You can go back to my episode on abortion, episode 32, which I entitled Abortion, a Primer, to learn all about this one. 
They want to protect LGBTQ plus rights. Well, let me ask you, were the rights under attack? Was there anything that anyone was doing that was forcing them to, I don't know, not be gay? Or were we not allowing them to make their choices? What exactly was under attack? See, what they mean is that they want for all, every individual, all businesses, all religious organizations, every single person to be forced to go against their beliefs and just do and believe what they're told. They also want to ban, quote, harmful conversion therapy practices. Now, this doesn't mean some sort of a Hollywood-like version of an exorcism. This is a pastor talking with a child that's dealing with gender dysphoria, or a counselor working through feelings of a very confused child. The Democrats and the evil doctors, teachers, counselors, and psychiatrists, as well as politicians and media, all say that kids with gender confusion, you know, brought on by these same godless groomers, will kill themselves if they don't let them chop off their breasts or penis and take hormones that will destroy them physically and emotionally, they don't tell you that the long-term studies, something we apparently no longer care about with anything, show that those allowed or more accurately pushed into these transgender butchering treatments are 20 times or more likely to commit suicide later in life. See, that doesn't matter as long as we can groom and destroy children now, right? They want to protect disability rights. And I say again, is this a thing? Answer, no, it's not a thing. Clearly, there are different issues for all people. Really, those that are disabled are no different. There are challenges, there are difficulties, and there is not equity. Remember our definition. It's impossible to reach equity. Unfortunately, the very term disability implies that there are certain abilities that an individual doesn't have as compared to someone that's not classified as disabled. By definition, equity in all things is not possible. But when you look at their proposed plans, you see Affordable Care Act, you see Medicaid, you see SSI and SSDI benefits, and the like. See, the left doesn't care about people with disabilities. Those people are just vehicles, meat shields, if you will, for them to tax more and redistribute wealth into their pet welfare programs in order to expand those and garner votes. And let me ask you this, if they care about the disabled so much, why do they have a problem with laws against specific testing of an unborn baby for Down syndrome with the sole intent of killing him or her if they get a positive test result? It seems to me that that doesn't seem like they care so much about disabled if they want to enact a genocide on the disabled, born or unborn. Just me? Next is honoring indigenous tribal nations. You know, Indians, or American Indians, or Native Americans, to most of us. So they talk about treaties that were broken, and how we apparently need to make reparations for those too how they want to pump money and resources for COVID into tribes. Well, depending on your knowledge of COVID and the related poison, uh, 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 chemical injections, you know that this is the opposite of help. Whatever, it's neither here nor there. Let's see. More spending on government health care, although apparently a different system than Obamacare. And then they state, quote, the legacy of Native American boarding schools has caused generational trauma. We acknowledge this injustice and support continued education and restorative justice. Does everything that 
ever happened at any time always cause trauma? Because it seems like they like to throw around this concept of generational trauma, and they always follow it up by some sort of economic payoff stated as reparations or restorative justice or equity. It almost seems like they're more focused on the redistribution of wealth from the evil rich to the left-leaning democratic voting blocs. I mean, no, 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 boy, just messing up. I mean, to the discriminated, abused, and, and traumatized. And then they go on and on and on with how they'll finally do what's already being done and, and has been done for a long time with the throwing in of, you know, more money for, for that stuff. But this, again, is just soft racism. For instance, they state that over 70% of Native Americans live off-reservation. <laughs> How dare they stray from their well-defined borders. So they'll make sure to pump more money into giving them health care, quote, culturally relevant education, affordable housing, etc. So first, why not just, you know, I don't know, education? Why does it have to be culturally relevant? And what do they mean by that? Because I can guarantee it's not education, it's culturally relevant propaganda in order to ensure continued votes. But second, and more importantly, if we have Indians living off reservation, isn't that saying we have Americans living as American citizens who happen to have at least some Native American background, like me and Elizabeth Warren? And yes, I'm, I'm more American Indian than Pocahontas Warren is. But the Democrats are saying they need all this assistance. But why? because they're just stupid engines? I mean, how else would you take this? You're an American citizen living your life in America. Sorry about your ethnic background and your inability to think and work and provide for yourself because of your Indianness. Unbelievably racist. And can I just point out, Your Honor, the largest relocation of Native Americans ever, you know, the aptly named Trail of Tears, uh, this was done by Andrew Jackson and Martin Van Buren, uh, both of which... <laughs> say it with me, we're Democrats. Once again, Democrats have always been, are now, and will always be unbelievably racist. If you're a Democrat, you're a racist. If you're not a racist, but you're still a Democrat, eh, you're a racist. If you're not a racist, I'd suggest you get out of the party of absolute unapologetic racists. So, in the last two years, what have they done? I'm not saying they should do any of these things, but have they done any of them? Have they even tried to do any of them? Or is this, you know, once again, just vote-garnering platitudes? That's a rhetorical question. We all, we all know what this is. They're going to end violence against women. Well, they've already said this, first of all, but they want to reauthorize and expand the Violence Against Women Act. And that just seems wrong. I don't think we should have legislation calling for violence against anyone. They did a horrible job thinking through the name of that one, didn't they? Now... They do state that they want to help women who are victims of violence. Oh, I have no problem with that at all. But they can't just stop at women. They have to call out all the specific voter demographics. You know, Native Americans, disabled, children and young women, transgender women. <laughs> These are men, so they don't fit here. LGBTQ+. And if you aren't a privileged whitey and you don't fit in these buckets, you fit in the bucket of other. Then they move into an interesting area. Quote, We recognize that sex workers who are disproportionately women of color and transgender women, 
<laughs> face especially high rates of sexual assault and violence, and we will work with states and localities to protect the lives of sex workers. Okay. Now, first, uh, transgender women, as you could probably tell, once again, men, they don't fit here, but they are likely, and admittedly, I didn't look this up because my browser history is already a mess and I don't need this in there, but my guess is that if a dude picks up a sex worker and things start going down and then my dude finds out this female has not only extra bits but also extra pieces, I'm not condoning any of this, but I think most of us guys can at least understand how an individual that's willing to go somewhere seedy to take his life in his hands in so many ways in order to pay for sex might get a little violent when he finds out his hard-earned dollars got him a dude that's playing dress-up. Just saying. But to the point, what about we work to enforce the laws and fight the admittedly losing battle to curb sex work, which is illegal? Just a thought. Then they talk about ensuring Title IX is implemented in schools across the country. You know Title IX, the thing that protects girls in educational and associated situations. The same Title IX that the Democrats are using to try to force schools, academics and organizations, clubs and sports to allow men playing dress-up, either due to severe mental issues or just due to them being liars so they can earn awards and trophies, onto girls' teams, taking awards, and all that comes with that, away from the real girls' putting the real girls at risk of severe injury, inflicting real trauma on the real girls by having to share showers and locker rooms with these deranged men. Yeah, so l let me ask this once again here. Better or worse in the last two years? Uh, they want to end the epidemic of gun violence. Okay. Uh, this is an area where they use numbers with no context. And Wow, does context matter here? They say that over 100,000 people are shot and 40,000 die annually from gunshots. What they don't tell you is how much of this is black-on-black -black violence in cities like Chicago, you know, one of the cities with the most strict gun laws. They don't tell you how many of these are criminals rightfully shot by police or legal gun owners defending themselves and their property or others from a dangerous criminal. They imply that all of these gunshots are white, straight men shooting innocent people of color, women and children, and transgender black women, because that seems to be their favorite demographic for some reason. They want to do the same things they always want to do. But when they analyze actual mass shooting events, you find that the proposals would have done nothing. And they'll admit that much if you back them into a corner. The only people their subversion of the Second Amendment will affect are law-abiding citizens who aren't using their guns wrongly in the first place. Another interesting fact that the media always seems to leave out is that in nearly every mass shooting case, the shooter is a left-wing or a political anarchist, but usually with leanings towards the political left. You almost never find a right-wing mass shooter. Again, I'd say this is because liberalism is in fact a mental disorder. Now, I'm going to put a link in the notes for a YouTube video by Stu Bergier, this is Glenn Beck's producer, entitled Special Edition, The Definitive Debunking of the Left's Gun Myths. This is a fact-packed dismantling of the absolute lies the left uses to convince you that guns need to be taken away. So, let me suggest this. Look at the cities with the most oppressive gun control. Better or worse than the others? Look at the nation. Is it better or worse when under Democrat control?
And we're nearly done with the version of our soul, which is why we finally made it to supporting faith and service. Did you know that religious freedom is a core value of the Democrat Party? <laughs> oh, it sure is, because they say it is. They, quote, will protect the rights of each American for the free exercise of his or her own religion. Just a caveat, that is unless you claim religious exemption, you know, from taking a deadly untested chemical injection as part of our military or health care, in which case you and your stupid sky god religion could go pound sand. Then they dedicate one of the three paragraphs to solely reassuring Muslims that they'll be extra super duper protected by the Democrats because we conservative Americans are just Muslim haters and kill them whenever we see them. Now, I don't condone violence on anyone that is peacefully practicing the faith of their choice. I just find it very interesting that they felt the need to specifically call out protection on a satanic religion as part of healing the soul of America. Just saying. So let me ask you, religious persecution, <laughs> better or worse in the last couple of years? Uh, supporting press freedom gets a paragraph. They're very concerned that facts aren't being given in the media, and yes, I'd agree. I just have the feeling that their version of facts differs greatly from my factually correct facts. They're also concerned that there's just too much corporate consolidation in media. You know, media monopolies. <laughs> Can you say The Blaze or Daily Wire and the like? Yeah, their concern is more about who's getting the ratings, as it makes it harder to get their propaganda out there when there are counter voices. They just want to be sure that news meets, quote, the highest standards of fact-based and unbiased journalism. Oh, well, good. I mean, we're agreed. So let me ask you, is the media more or less trusted now? Are we happy with the fact that more and more information is coming out about how the Biden administration was working with social media to suppress stories and posts that go against the accepted narrative? Are we okay with the spin and lies coming from the various press secretaries? Does it seem like the media is fact-based and unbiased as they treat Biden with kid gloves, if they're allowed to speak to him at all? So, uh, yeah, better or worse. And finally, last, oh, but not least, supporting the arts and culture. Now look, I'm not an art guy. It's fine. You'll never find me, at least not of my own volition, standing and staring at a painting. I think that most people that claim to be art critics, who claim to see this or that, or have some sort of emotion evoked, are liars. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That said, I have no problem if people want to be artists. What I have a problem with is that this is, again, nothing but an open wallet opportunity for them. Fund the National Endowment for the Arts, the National Endowment for the Humanities, art and music education in school, more federal grants for just about anything they consider art or culture. It's all about money. They say that the arts develop, quote, imagination, creativity, innovation, and critical thinking skills. <laughs> okay, hold up there a second, Professor. I'm good with the first three of those. You're not going to sell me on art developing critical thinking skills. Those two things are opposite sides of the brain, in fact. Someone can correct me, but my understanding is that art comes from the emotion centers, critical thinking from the logic centers. Regardless, have they done anything with this? Not saying they should, but have they done something that with art and culture, they're healing the soul of America? If they have, I, I just haven't heard of it, I guess. So, look, I'm sorry for another long segment. If it's any consolidation, we're getting there. Yeah, I know that doesn't help. 
summing it up, remember, this is their plan to heal the very soul of America, spend more money on government, social and welfare programs, continue to push racial hatred, protect the right to murder unborn babies, give special protections to transgender people, both adults and children, especially those of color, and those that groom them, protect Muslims, take guns away from law-abiding citizens, ensure we know that transgender women are in fact women, even though they're clearly mentally ill men, use people with disabilities as meat shields to launder money, and protect and grant rights that are already protected and granted. Now, does their soul of America sound like the America you know, or your picture of America? Seeing as though just about everything they've covered is either counter to the teachings in the Bible or outright anti-God, it's almost like what I kind of have been saying that the Democrats are an evil party? It kind of sounds true. Over the last two years, they've been enacting a number of policies that touch on many of these areas. Does the feel, the vibe of the country seem better or worse? Does it seem more healed or more divided and dark? You can't enact evil policies and expect good outcomes. But the good thing is, they don't expect good outcomes. So, you know, win-win. They tell us to expect good outcomes. But since their entire platform and voter base is predicated on anger, racial disunity, division, selfishness, helplessness, and greed, they simply can't afford to make things better. Now, let me say this. If you're a Democrat and you've made it this far, oh, God love you. I, I commend your persistence. But the odds are pretty good that those listening to this point are conservatives, or at least Republicans. How many Democrats do you know that have no idea what their platform is? How many Republicans do you know that have no idea what they're voting against? My hope is that you can use this information to help others to think and learn and understand. So on the next episode, we'll learn how to fight that darned climate crisis and pursue environmental justice. <laughs> justice. So you know that's going to be good. And like I said in the last episode, I may have to modify my podcast a little bit in order to fit in their entire platform, but we'll see. There are four topics left, with a large portion being foreign policy. And I'll be honest, although it is important, we'll likely blow through that section pretty quickly. But be flexible, something I've, I've never been, and I, boy, I currently am not now, and we'll get through this. So, until next time, my friends. And with that, we've reached the end of this episode of the Logical Christian Podcast. If you've made it this far, the odds are you liked what you heard. I'd greatly appreciate a like, a comment, and a review if you're so inclined. As you likely already know, it all helps with the algorithms. Don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. And finally, if you found this podcast useful or entertaining, share it with your friends, your enemies, your in-laws, your outlaws. If you want to reach me, you can do so at lcpodcast at outlook.com, or increasingly, I'll be using at lcpodcast on Getter. Lawrence J. Peter said, Against logic, there is no armor like ignorance. But Jesus told us that if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So stay in the word, stay logical, stay faithful, and until next time, God bless.